You guys remember the OJs? Man, that's, those were the good days of music. Fiesta me. I wasn't alive for it, but uh, <laughs> those guys must have been reading their Bibles, eh? Wow. I don't know if you realize how much Scripture talks about money, about how much Scripture has to say about our bank accounts, our wallets, how we spend our money. And I don't know about you, but maybe when you were hearing these Scripture readings where Jesus himself talked about money, you got a little, I don't know, squirmy. I get a little squirmy. I don't like to talk about money, and I think most people feel a little uncomfortable when conversations about money come up, right? Like we don't want to talk about it uh, uh, with friends or even family sometimes. It's a little awkward to share how much money we make. Our employers really don't want you to talk about how much money uh, you make because they don't want you to figure out that you could be making more. Uh, we get uncomfortable. We don't want to, to discuss money. But we're actually not the only species even to get uncomfortable when it comes to money or at least payment. Uh, apparently, monkeys also get very uh, testy when it comes to to talks about payment, but let me show you what I'm, I got a video I want you to see where they're looking at monkeys and how they respond to, to pay, especially pay inequality. We're going to crank up the volume for you too. Get ready, guys. We're getting grape and you will see what happens. So she gives a rock to us, that's the task and we give her a piece of cucumber and she eats it. The other one needs to give a rock to us. She's doing the same job. And that's what she does. He got the cucumber, he gets a grape. And she gets a grape. And she eats it. The other one sees that. She gives a rock to us now, gets again cucumber. She tests the rock now against the wall. Making sure the work's not us. faulty here. And Same she gets payment. cucumber again. There you go. Monkeys. Monkeys. Give it up for the monkeys, all right? <laughs> you know, we laugh at the monkeys, but I think part of the reason we laugh, right, is because... Ah, it's kind of true, right? Even how we feel about it. When we learn that, you know, we've been working the same job as the guy next to us, in the same effort, but the one we learn is making more, and we're like, why? Get frustrated. And I don't know if you noticed, but the monkey initially, they got paid with the cucumber, the first one, was just fine. He was satisfied even with his payment, with his wage. Only when he discovered what someone else had, that he started to get kind of testy. What's up with that mindset? I mean, why do the monkeys lose their mind when they see this, this discrepancy? Why do we get so sensitive about money? And is there a different way that we can think and live? And if so, how do we get that mindset? That's what today is all about. Uh, we're not talking exclusively about money. 
so you can, you can rest a little bit easy. I'll, I'll try not to make it too uncomfortable. But you know who talked about money a lot was actually Jesus. Jesus went around talking about money and treasure almost constantly. Uh, he, he would talk to individuals about it and, and ask them hard questions. Uh, he told parables about it. In fact, uh, a fourth, a quarter of Jesus' parables have to do with money or treasure. And uh, we even got a little parable in our text today. Uh, I don't know if you, you caught it. It was kind of odd, right? Because Jesus was talking about treasure and where your heart is, right? And then he went on to talk about you can't serve God and money and like that kind of made sense. But right in the middle, he said something about the eye being the lamp of the body. It's kind of confusing. Uh, what's this all about? So, let me help you understand this parable of Jesus. It's just a couple verses. But Jesus says, the eye is the lamp of the body. And what he's basically saying is how your eye works, right? Uh, so, your eye takes in light and then allows you to see. So, you're in this room right now, well lit. Your eye takes it in so you can see the aisles, you know, where the chairs are, where the step is, so you don't trip on your way up or, or run into anything. But he says, if your eye isn't working, then nothing else is going to help you. The, your other body parts aren't going to help you to see. Even if you're in a place that's well lit, even if there's tons of light around you, if your eye doesn't work, you won't be able to see. But this is nestled in Jesus' talk about money and greed. Now, why is that? Jesus is saying, if you want to get, get around, if you want to get by, you have to be able to see and see something that's really hard to see. And that's the power that money has over us. Uh, in Luke's gospel, Luke uh, chapter 11 and 12, it's the same story, but it's a little easier to understand because Jesus says, watch out. He says, watch out for greed. Because money has this capacity to kind of blind us so that we don't actually see things the way they are. Uh, if you go and listen to uh, uh, the OJ's song on money, that's kind of what it's all about. They talk about all these actions that people do for money. And we're blinded to those. But money, it even has the capacity to blind us to the reality that we're striving for it, right? It's a, it's a very unusual, I guess, sin in that way, right? Like other sins are really obvious if you're doing them, okay? Uh, so Jesus doesn't have to say, you know, watch out uh, about committing adultery. That one's obvious, you know, you, you realize what's going on as it's happening. But when it comes to money, Jesus says, watch out. And if you think about it, it makes sense because when I think about myself, I think, well, I'm not that greedy of a person. I feel like I spend a fair amount on myself. I don't overindulge myself. And in part, I think that way because I look at other people in the world who have more than me. And I think, ah, see, I'm not greedy. It's those people who are greedy. Look at how much they have. Look at how lavish they're living. I, I live pretty frugally. You know, or maybe you have a relative, that one relative that's got a lot of money. See, they're kind of greedy, but I don't think I am. But you know what that person's doing, right? 
That person's also saying, but look at that person who has so much more than I have. I'm not that greedy. I make this amount, and that's kind of a modest amount, but man, there's people out there making way more. And that chain just continues one to the next. So very few people actually think that they're rich. Very few people actually feel that they have enough. And Ecclesiastes was trying to get at that, right? That there's this pursuit of money that never really fulfills itself. So how do we break the spell? Money's cast a kind of spell over us. How do we rage against this tendency that's wedged so deep in the human heart? Well, this is what Jesus is offering us in the spiritual discipline of generosity. So what is generosity? Well, first let me tell you what generosity is not, right? Uh, Generosity is not an obligation. Uh, It's not something that we have to do uh, because we have received what we have in in our life. Uh, I had a friend back in St. Louis. He, uh, our worship, he was dating a Christian, and so he came around. But every time we got to that point in the service called the offering, this particular friend thought that God was kind of exacting payment from us, that we were having to kind of pay our dues to God, give back to Him because He had given us so much. But let me be very clear. God doesn't need money. I mean, who are we talking about here, right? He's God. He spoke everything into existence, out of nothing. He's not hurting for resources. If he needs it, he will come up with it. God doesn't need our money to operate. So why offerings? Why do we offerings? And why is is offering even kind of running throughout the, the biblical story? I mean, God institute this even in the Old Testament. If God doesn't need it, why do we have offerings? Not because he needs it, but because we need it. We need it to, to break the spell, that power that money and materialism have over us. See, generosity is actually, it's an invitation to live in reality, the reality that God provides for us. If we kept listening to Jesus in Matthew 6, you can read it when you go home if you like, uh, he would go on to, to talk about how God provides for us, how, how God cares for us. Uh, Jesus would say, look at the birds of the air. They're not flying around, flapping their wings, trying to gather a bunch of stuff, trying to gather a bunch of wealth as if that's the thing that's going to pull them through. And Jesus says, No. Father sees them, and he feeds them, and he cares for them. And God sees you, too. And God takes care of you as well, but it's subtle, right? God works kind of cleverly. God doesn't normally step down out of the clouds and just hand us a check uh, when we need it, which would be really nice. But God is is more subtle than that. I mean, think about what God has given you. Think about your your aptitude, your skills. 
that God has blessed you uniquely with gifts that you have so that you can put those gifts to work in His creation to kind of participate in God's caretaking of the world. And by doing so, you'll, you'll earn a wage, you'll get a wage, but as a gift, right? A response to the gift that God has given you. But that's where the world starts to tell us a different story, right? It has a different mindset. Uh, the world will, wants to tell you that when you go to work and you get that paycheck, that you earned it, that it's your money, and however you want, instead of acknowledging it as a gift. But when we start operating with that mindset, that's when we start feeding into this idea that we have to make ourselves, that we actually have to earn our place in this world, that our life isn't a gift, but it's something we kind of have to keep up with, and that's where the pressure starts to mount. But it's not our earnings that proves our significance. We don't have to prove ourselves by our paychecks or by the clothes we wear or by the houses we live in. And that's a radical witness to a world that, that thinks it has to prove itself to everyone, which is one reason why the early church was so captivating to its culture. There was a saying in the first century that said, the Romans care for the Roman poor and the Greeks care for the Greek poor but the Christian for them all. The church saw God's generosity given to them in Christ, and they were compelled to show it to everyone around them. So giving allows us to live in reality, allows us to live in dependence, to be reminded that we don't have to keep ourselves going. There's someone else who's watching over us, who has given us all that we have, the best things that we have in life, and will continue to take care of us. Uh, there's a quote from that book, Ragged. I mentioned it the first week of this sermon series uh, that talks about this contentment. It says, there is uh, a contentment expressed in generosity. I have everything I need. I don't need honor. I don't need money or approval. I have Jesus. And my work my joy is to distribute His love as lavishly as I want without running out. Now, that's a hard step of faith, to trust that you're not going to run out. But this is what Scripture shows us, and this is how Jesus lived, right? He lived as a homeless man. <laughs> he, he went about unworried that He would be provided for. And He even demonstrated in His life, in some of the miracles that He performed, that God, Him being God, would always provide. So what are some ways that we can tap into this generosity mindset? Uh, there's a kind of a threefold approach, and maybe you've heard it, uh, to help us think about how we can be generous, right? Uh, time, talent, and treasure. Uh, because being generous is not just about giving money. Uh, it's kind of this posture towards life, uh, living into the reality of God's provision. Uh, so when it comes to our time, we can be generous. Uh, sometimes we feel like uh, people are an interruption uh, to our day, that they kind of get in the way of our work. Uh, and sometimes we feel like there's not enough time in the day, that it just it, it slips away too fast. But what if that's a result of our misplaced priorities? 
an attempt to get kind of more and more for ourselves out of life instead of taking what God gives us each day. Give people the time of day. God might be placing someone in your life who needs your presence, who needs a word from you. And I can promise you that the world won't give them the time of day. The world is too busy. But you see, God's never too busy. He's always present with you. He's always available when you're in distress, when you need to ask Him for help. He will listen. Uh, Be generous uh, with your time. And when we understand uh, uh, God's generosity with time, we also realize that it's not a finite resource, right? Time isn't going to run out. You have eternity. So make time in your life for the people in your life, because that's what's going to matter. So that's time. We also have talent, right? Uh, God has blessed us with certain capabilities that He hasn't given to others. Uh, It's your gift, we say, right? It's your gift. Uh, So use it. Uh, Put it to work. Uh, Christians uh, should never try to be kind of like working the system uh, to avoid uh, working so that we can be compensated in some other way. that just defeats kind of the purpose of us being here and is going to be way less satisfying than if we put our gifts to use. Uh, God has given you unique gifts to share. So find ways to share them. Um, use them in your workplace, of course, you know, kind of at a base level. Uh, find a way you can give back to the world by sharing your gift. Uh, even think of uh, neighbors and friends, people that uh, come to you because you have a specific gift. Uh, that's a way you can be generous. Uh, at the church, we're uh, consistently coming up with different ways that we can kind of give back to our community. Maybe one of those pops out and says, I could do. That's a way I could give back. Uh, the more we do this, the more we uh, really start to tap into the reality that it is better to give than to receive. Because as we give, uh, we're, we're kind of we're doing God's work. We're doing what He does all the time. And lastly, Uh, is our treasure. How we spend our money reveals uh, to us what we value. And that can actually be kind of a hard thing to to look at, honestly. Because if we really look close at our bank accounts, at how we're spending our money, what we might find is that we really value ourselves to a high degree. That's that sin nature, right? That's our, we're constantly curved inward. We look to ourselves. And, and this is that blind eye, right? This is why Jesus is saying, watch out, because we probably don't think that we're doing that. But natural, that's our natural mode of operation. But this is why giving is such a, a, a powerful tool against that nature. Uh, this is why Jesus, or, or God worked offering into the whole of Scripture. So like in the Old Testament, you may have heard of that term, the tithe, right? That's giving 10% of what you received. Uh, That actually pops up in the Old Testament, uh, kind of from the beginning, this community that God forms, uh, the community tithes 10% to uh, the priesthood. Uh, And it's, you know, the olden days, so it's like animals mostly, right? So they're tithing animals to the priesthood so they can actually eat and live, but then the priests tithe that 10% of what they received, back to God. 
God doesn't need to eat. <laughs> you know, he's not hungry for ox or bull. But it's this useful tool to help them remember who has given them everything. Helping them work against that inclination towards self and to look out. So keep that in mind as you go out. And, and I'm not speaking just specifically about the church, um, about tithing to the church, but even in your relationships with others. Uh, be generous. Uh, when, you, when you go to eat out and, and you get served by your waiter or waitress, tip them well. Show them that they're valued. Uh, uh, maybe take a friend out uh, or a family member. Hey, maybe take a father out, right? And foot the bill. My gosh, how many bills has my dad footed for me? Uh, I should take him out. Uh, be charitable towards uh, others. Uh, but ultimately, to do this, it's not going to stem just from realizing that God has given us everything. That's not enough to work against a human heart. And it's not going to come from our own efforts to try and just be like a really generous person. Like we'll lose steam after a while. What's really going to affect our generosity is understanding the gospel. I read a quote this week. It said, God's grace is lightning, and our giving is thunder. Just like thunder follows lightning, giving follows grace. Now, it is possible to give without a deep understanding of God's grace, but it is impossible to have a deep understanding of grace and not to give. And that grace is this. Something is worth only what someone will pay for it. Uh, Marcus Huff, who did the uh, children's message, he could tell you that, because uh, Marcus likes to flip a lot of things online, and so he'll buy products at, you know, a certain price point, and you would think these things are worth, you know, maybe that much, but then he'll find someone out there who is willing to pay that much more than it. Someone who says, no, it's this valuable, and it's, he's got some crazy stories. You should ask Marcus uh, what he's flipped some items for. Do you know what you're worth? Do you know what price God was willing to pay for you? See, sometimes we look at the cross and, and we feel that a sinful nature break in on us, and that's right, because when we look at the cross, we realize that we are actually, we're more sinful than we ever dared believe. If it took God's own son to die, but there's a second thing we have to remember when we look at the cross, and that is that you are more loved than you ever dared hope. Because God looked at you, Jesus looked at you and said, I am willing to pay that price. I am happy to pay that price for you. You are mine. Everything else in life is going to make us pay for it. I get rich or die trying, I think is the saying. Jesus is the only treasure who will die for you so that you can know how much you're worth, so that you should know true contentment and be filled by God's favor. So meditate on that. Know your worth and watch as your life becomes a, a thunderous applause to the grace of God in Christ Jesus in your life. Amen.